0: National jay-z impersonator mr ricardo mexicano say hi to the people
1: ricardo. i want I to give myself that much credit i wish i could make I, w- I i've always been impressed by people who could like imitate jay-z like this. <laughs> it's how over like i I've always love that
0: you I, sound I, just like no I, no, right I, no now. I don't yes, no you i don't do? <laughs>
1: no i don't no i don't no no um, i appreciate that but nah not even close mm-hmm. uh what's up everybody Ricardo Mexicano, mexicano Nazi in the building Ready to get into some debauchery? B- ready to get crazy? Y'all know what it is. It's a Friday. I'm tired. I've been moving all day. I moved out of my apartment in April, and that made me realize how much I hated moving in general.
0: Well, see, whenever you and I move to uh, Fort Worth and stuff, like that's when we're really gonna know, like who's the real hoarder and who's, uh, I don't know. Like I feel like being friends with someone and living with someone are two completely different things. So we're about to get into it. Like our podcasts are gonna be. Very interesting. When we move up there,
1: I I don't even wanna. I can't even imagine how I hear right now because I I was so I was sneezing so much earlier because of all the dust going to my storage unit. Like right now, just my sinuses are acting up. So I know my voice is probably gonna be a little bit rougher than uh, than usual. So, so you just
0: sound like Jehovah with a cold. Then that's Maybe. what it is. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of adulting, I feel like the most most responsible thing that I've done this week is literally. Uh, do my defensive driving, uh, driver's test because I got a ticket. Uh, and you know what? You know what's really fucked up about whenever I get tickets? I get so mad because what's the point of having family members in law enforcement and uh, siblings in the military if you can't smooth talk your way out of... And the cop was black, too. Like, that's what's messed up about it. It's like, minority to minority, you can't break me off. You can't, like, give me a break here. And you're I'm, a woman, too. I, I'm a minority woman, broski with a mom in law enforcement and a brother in the military. Come on, bro. Come on. You know. But nah. I mean, he just he just let me suffer through it and I had to pay the $150, so you know, it is what it is.
1: I'm still so fortunate to get past that. Uh, remember we talked about it, remember when we were, we were going to uh to Canton to the first day Monday mm-hmm. and we got stopped?
0: Oh yeah. And I was driving. Yeah, and that's true. He,
1: the cop gave me a ticket. And the lady could not find me. I called her for like three days in a row, trying to do a responsible thing. And eventually she was like, we cannot find you. The officer said they can't find you. And I just was like, cool. And that was December 2018.
0: See, and that's how, that's how you know you're a rare breed of a minority, Ricardo. Because like <laughs> no other minority I know would have tried that fucking hard I was to pay trying. their ticket. God Busky. bless
1: me. He saw how hard yes. I was working. He was like, you know what? Um, I'm finna finna take it off your book, like, you don't even even gotta pay, young child, like, you know, something (laughs) like that.
0: (laughs) You know what, I'm actually surprised, not that I would've broken off on some, like, angry Latina stereotype with that uh, black officer that gave me that ticket, Mm -hmm. but... I sometimes wonder if people expect that out of me, you know, because it's not exactly like I'm white passing, you know, maybe over the phone that people don't know automatically, you know, just by the sound of my voice that I am uh, Latin or Hispanic or what have you. But I do know by just the looks of me, you can look at me and automatically tell that I'm Latina, that I'm of Latina descent. And whenever you walk into a room as a Latina and like something goes down, Uh, people almost kind of side eye you waiting for you to react in some sort of way and i don't know as a hispanic man or a latin man that you've ever ever experienced that sort of thing or is it just an exclusive thing to our gender
1: i think it's probably more like female Mm base yeah because i don't think there's like a with mex with like hispanic men uh, latino men i think it's always been that we're supposed to be like the smooth playboy lover Kind of thing. Like that, uh, that's the that's al- kind yeah, of? yeah, that's always yeah. been like the stereotype. I don't think there's ever been
0: Justin Bieber did that. For I you.
1: don't think there's ever been like a a like angry Mexican. I guess you could say like for any minority or like
0: being the- celoso maybe. Yeah. For being like the jealous Latin lover. Maybe that's a stereotype mm-hmm. you guys been given.
1: May, probably, yeah. That'll that probably be the extent I think I could think of when it comes to like angriness. I think more of like the like the angry, mean Hispanic comes more from like gang culture. Like when, you know, when people think of like, I don't know, people would just, you know, just, just the negative stereotype that they give you that you're involved in, you know, something, you know, whether that be gang, whether that be drugs. And, you know, you can just be a completely normal person, but because people may see a different side of you that they no- don't normally see, they can start to associate you with, you know, dealing with this or dealing with that. And that's why you act the way you do.
0: It's hard to walk into certain rooms, especially when uh, certain rooms, when you're ready and willing to be... You know that professional counterpart of whoever you're facing, but there is this idea. You know, again, it's like one of Cardi B's songs. You know, when you think about, you know, everyone's expecting you to be the spicy mommy, hot tamale, and that like, and that drives me crazy because first of all, again, like we've already gone over and over on this podcast how like nobody can fit into any one box, right? And second of all it's hard enough to be a woman in any sort of professional setting knowing that people are going to write you off as emotional whether it's like being too sad or whether it's you know flying off the handle for this or that but when you have one stereotype put on you because of your gender and then another similar stereotype stacked on top of that because of your race and it it, it becomes doubly as hard to overcome people's preconceived notions of you.
1: Uh yeah, I've never understood the whole like being crazy, you know because it always goes, you know. It, it always,
0: always goes to that. It always goes to the Sofia Vergara template. Right. It
1: always goes to the oh, you're gonna date a, you're gonna date a Latina. Like watch out, she's mm-hmm. gonna one day you're gonna she's wake gonna up. Slash
0: your tires. Yeah, she's yeah. She's gonna, gonna, gonna slash your tires. You're broke ass. You know
1: she might shank you. You know like yeah. you know. Which you know, in a, in a in a comedic aspect, I I can see where, but like when you actually talk about real relationships and like really trying to get to know someone, and you kind of have that thought about them, then it kind of really.
0: Okay, so and let's not be completely one-sided here. Like stereotypes are based on some sort of seed of truth. Okay, like right. obviously there is when you come up from a certain culture, when you come up from a certain neighborhood, when you come up from um. A certain way of life you grow up a certain way right but to throw a blanket on top of everyone and say that this is the only way that this person can be that sort of defeats the purpose of really getting to know a person who they are professionally and what they really are capable of you know so like yes I might have a temper yes I might fly off the handle or I might not and I might be completely calm and I might know like twice as much as you do if you only give me the chance to actually show you know like what I'm about
1: yeah for sure yeah I think it's all about being open and not really like we said before putting people in a box mm. um I think it also has a lot to do with like just media in particular I was about like to say like like TV, like, like TV yeah. from like you know especially like from the 40s and 50s when they would display like you know 40, 50, 60, 70s, yeah, I mean, it goes back a long time, but when you think about, like, the archetype, you know, feisty, fiery Latina woman, she's desirable, you know, she's she's perfect. But She's the, a
0: fetish, that's what she right, is. Right,
1: right, 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 yeah, but the moment you get inside the house, now she's this controlling... Docile, yeah.
0: homemaker, and it's funny because that that's... That's exactly what it is now that when I think about it is like there are only two archetypes when it comes to the Latin woman. There's the, again, the spicy mommy, hot tamale, or there is like the docile woman homemaker that wears an apron all day and balances like two kids on her knee, one on her hip, and like another one on her shoulder. Yeah. You know? And there is no in-between for us. And, like, where in that is the space for real characters in TV and real characters, real people in real life, mm-hmm. you know?
1: I think more and more we get into, like, more real reputation of uh, Latinos. I think we see it represented better. Uh, I mean, I, I remember in Hentify, like, the mom character mm. that was the mom of, um, what's her name? Uh, um, what's her name? The artist, the artist. Uh, yeah,
0: I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about, but I don't remember uh, her name,
1: yeah. I, I, I really like the way they developed her character. She had a very, uh, or, or like, very real. Like, it wasn't pandering, it wasn't, uh, I think maybe the more, I think if you wanted to stereotype anything, I guess it could be the the very grouchy mom that would, you know, throw what at at you. I mean, that's like the... Yeah, ma-
0: but they... But the- no,
1: yeah, but they dropped in sudden nuances to, like, And they
0: dedicated a whole episode to just her and showed what her entire life encompasses and why she is the way she is. You know, stereotypes are born not out of... Like, this is your race, this is your culture, so this is naturally what you have to be. Stereotypes are born out of financial discrimination or whether it's uh, growing up in certain neighborhoods where we see the habitual patterns of the way that we have to grow up over and over again that makes us how we have to be. Like, we would not have the huarache-throwing Apron wearing mom stereotype that like slaves away uh, at the seamstress workshop every day. If that was not the if that was not a good majority of what we had to gr- grow up with as Hispanics, that had to just get whatever job they had to get.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's reality, but it's, it's reality. Uh, maximize mm-hmm. you know where exactly. it, it, Magnetize. It, yeah. it, be, it becomes you know yes yeah, it's, it's magnified to where that's all it could be you know there's nothing outside of these parameters and
0: you know what that reminds me of that also reminds me of that youtube video that you sent me that i absolutely loved and um I, again this speaks Which one? uh this is the one that you sent me in regards to the trope of the quirky black girl it was basically this entire youtube video breaking down this new trope that's basically arise within the last five years or so with the coming of like Insecure and uh, dang it Chewing Gum and uh, a lot of other shows out there that have really expanded representation for the black community outside of like this hyper-sexualized these hyper-aggressive stereotypes that they've typically been given in the past mm-hmm. and now there's a new trope arising the awkward quirky funny black girl and I can't I... I mean, I'm glad that their characterization is expanding and I'm very interested to see that once we really start pushing the envelope, what what kind of characters and what kind of nuances will be given to Latinas of all sorts of cultures in that respect. Yeah. Speaking of hypersexualization, I know that this is something that we both really wanted to talk on because it's been... Uh, on the media like crazy and that is cardi b's and meg the stallion's wop video so i know that you sent this over to me so uh you sent this over to me as a, like a topic of discussion here so i want to hear your thoughts on it initially
1: i think it's a lot of just blatant ignorance to be honest not the, what not the song uh-huh. people's reaction yeah. To think that this is, like, the most degrading, most most raunchy. Cause that's the conversation I'm seeing. I'm, like, I'm constantly seeing, and, you know, and I would say it's mo- mostly guys. It's pretty 50-50 from what I've seen on my timeline. You know, people saying, like, oh, this is Tell the Tell me worst. of some of
0: the backlash that you've been seeing, like some of the craziest backlash you've been seeing. I mean, this. like,
1: that video I showed you. That's not the craziest. She kind of made some points, but she was kind of tone deaf also in some some of the stuff she was talking about in that mm-hmm. little Twitter video I showed you. Um. I mean, one of the funniest one has been, uh, you know, who Ben Shapiro is.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So have, have <laughs> I seen, did shit. you see the reaction? Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's like one of the funniest one, but that's also, uh-huh. so, but that's, but Ben Shapiro, ben, ben Shapiro, he doesn't care about rap. He doesn't care about hip hop. He's he, just
0: trying to be on the trending. And yeah. I mean, he made it so good for him. He got yeah. in. He broke through that algorithm.
1: He's a very conservative person. Yeah. So when he sees, you know, and this is not the new, you know adults giant you know governments have been trying to do this for years where they you know two live crew had to deal with it like in the late 80s when it came mm-hmm. to you know having these sexually explicit lyrics they on their
0: way more raunchier than anything that uh cardi b and meg said in there yeah, so i, I, I don't li- understand why people are flipping the fuck out
1: i listened to it like i think i i think i, I didn't listen to it the day came out i think i listened to it the day after mm-hmm. and i was like okay yeah there's some stuff that doesn't really apply to me because I'm a guy, <laughs> and I'm like, but I, but I'm like, yo, get 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 your stuff off, you know? Cool, yeah. you know, get your stuff off, sis. That, that's you know, talk your talk, and but then I'm like, but then when I start seeing the conversation, like, oh, this is setting women back. This is this is this is that. When I start seeing stuff like that, I'm like, hold on, everybody, pull out your phones, pull up Danny Brown's. I will, mm. please listen to that song. I mm. don't want to describe it at all. Please listen to what he's saying in that song, and like I said, I love the song. Danny Brown's an amazing artist, but yeah. you want to talk about peop, that Meg and, and Cardi are taking it too far? I would, you know, advise you to listen to that song. Listen to like just dirty rap in general, and just you know see how far some people can can take it. It's it's a song. It's catchy. I'm you know I'm sure all the all the hot girls are gonna be bouncing to it all year. Like you know it's, it's cool
0: in the best ways their song was average as hell for cardi b and meg the stallion like i honestly don't know what the uproar is and uh, actually no, i retract that i do know what the uproar war is and the the uproar is the fact that uh one like twitter just likes to freak out about anything you know and two the fact that they're they're women that's what it is and like we can take uh, like you said we can take it back to like my neck my back little kim anything back from early 2000s to late 90s and extreme then you know uh you know dangly things in the back of your throat whatever you know like there's believe it or not human beings like I, and I think that's so funny is that I think that also a lot when it comes to like nostalgia and things, when we think about songs from like the nine, even the eighties, seventies, nineties, and today, you know, like some of those songs, if you even look at James Brown and stuff, there are some really dirty innuendos on top of that, but we don't second guess any of it. Like one, because of nostalgia and two, because honest, frankly, they were sung by men and in, In in a patriarchal society, which we live in, it's completely normalized for men to talk about sex, you know, day in, day out, and and nobody blinks an eye, you know? But honestly, like, their song was not, I mean, was not that crazy or ostentatious to me. If anything, I didn't really, I didn't really... i'll be honest i didn't really vibe with it i didn't really like get it or enjoy it all that much the first time i listened to it but honestly the more i listened to it like the second and the third and the fourth time i found it to be really actually kind of funny it's funny it's comical it uh has a lot of like tongue in cheek What was that line about like the michelin truck or something like that something about being parked in the garage and
1: oh try to try to fit that big truck in this little garage yes i don't know why
0: but that made me laugh so (laughs) That made me laugh so fucking hard.
1: It's a funny song. Uh, it is a
0: funny song. It's, it's a funny song. You know, and it's not.
1: And that's where that's that's why we come back to like me saying like I don't get what the uproar is. You don't get uh-huh. what what it's about. Yeah. Because I look at it as like they're they're having fun. Like I haven't really paid too much attention to it. Like what is up with the whole kylie because she showed up in the video for like 10 seconds yeah why yeah. are people mad at that i really don't get it
0: oh and i mean another thing exactly to your point of it being a funny song is that cardi b and meg Thee stallion are both funny people mm-hmm. i'm sure they're it's pretty hypersexual yeah they're but they, th- but that's they them. Uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, the very the, the word of hypersexual versus just sexual like what is hypersexually? Um, i think
1: i think there's degrees to it
0: but like when's the last time that you've heard any man's song being called hypersexual When's the last time that you heard a man being described as hypersexual? It doesn't happen, you know?
1: Uh, I, uh, I've seen some conversations. Maybe not mainstream, but I've seen some about some songs.
0: But in regards to yeah. who, Ricardo, yeah. because I, as far as I've known... When it comes to sexuality, I mean, even when you think about, like, and I know, that, like, this is, uh, okay, so I'm not gonna, because I was gonna say R. Kelly, but, like, fuck that. I okay, yeah. so, like, let's think about, like, Usher and, like, Chris Brown. And, like, like, The like, Weeknd. The Weekend's pretty. The Weeknd, exactly. The Weeknd is really sexual. But is. nobody ever calls him hypersexual. No. Like. I've
1: heard people, like, talk about, like, how degrading some of his lyrics are, but it's never in the context of, like, him being a man. It's more of just, it's more of just. Those lyrics are messed up. Exactly. Maybe you should word it a a different way. It's not because you're a guy that you can't say this. Exactly. It's just kind of messed up overall.
0: No one calls the weekend hypersexual because no one will call a man hypersexual because innately that's what people allow men to be are sexual beings. Um, but anyway, I'm getting like way off the handle. What was, <laughs> what was the thing that we were talking about before we got into the definition of hypersexuality? I just um, want to know
1: what that deal with Kylie is. Like yeah, every, every, yeah, yeah. everything, everything <laughs> you say is like everything you say is like yeah. Make you have valid points for yeah, sure. Yeah. I just want to know what the uproar yeah. with Kylie was because I'm like she yeah. was in the video for like five seconds and people got mad. I, I really don't get it. The
0: I, comparison with her, uh, the deal with Kylie was. Uh, The fact uh, was all in comparing her to Normani, you know, so Normani was like a, a couple of seconds afterwards. And the thing is, is that with Kylie, she had a whole 30 second pause in a song where she was like strutting, you know, very alluringly down the hallway or whatever next to a lion. And... They cut off to, like, literally a two-second clip of Normani, who's, you know, known to be a really, really, like, badass dancer. Yeah. They basically said, why would you, in a space of trying to empower women, uh, let Kylie, a white-passing a privileged human being have 45 seconds in your music video while Normani a black talented woman with actual like a skill set for your video which is dancing have like a two second cut you're just being privileged and racist That this is what people were telling Cardi B you know which I think was so silly but that's basically what it was about
1: uh, I think that's dumb yeah I really think it's dumb yeah. like okay I can see your point if there was like any concrete evidence to like really, cause you can't, you can't compare. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Could you, in your own opinion, could you say, Hey, I wish Normani would have, you know, done a little bit more dancing, had a little bit more screen time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are fans of her that maybe want it. But to say that this video by two women of color, a very fun, exciting video that all you to, to to watch all that and to for all you to take away was the fact that Kali was in there and that somehow made you mad I I really don't I don't really see...
0: not be in there if you want her to be in there like right. what's Ka- the big deal
1: Kali's problematic for many reasons but I don't I wouldn't say this is this is even This is
0: one of them. Yeah,
1: no, not at all. Like yeah. it's just i don't get it man like i i and that's why like i had to ask you about it because i had no idea because like when it gets to topic i love i love you know getting into the into the nitty gritty into the, like just the dumb conversation I, I can follow know, dumb conversations see. but i i myself have limits like once i once i see stuff like that just to have no grounds you know if i can see that a you,
0: certain b- level of ignorance that like even uh you and i won't fuck with
1: yeah, I mean, if you have a ground to stand on, yeah, and you and you and you can make some points as to why something might be racist, as to why why it might be sexist, why or just mo-
0: come from a privileged place. Yeah,
1: I can I can I can get behind you, you yeah. know, but if if your gripe is that Kylie Jenner, who yes, she's privileged, she's white, yes, we know this. You don't have to point out the obvious, but the fact that she was in one of her friends' music video more than Normani, I mean,
0: uh, people also don't realize that there was more people. Beyond Ormani, there was uh, Rosalia was in there too, right? You know?
1: and, and I think that and I think that's very sad that the fact that you were centering your attention around here instead of like praising the women that are actually yeah you know in the video.
0: And that's the thing is that they were literally looking for something negative to point out when you think about that. Uh, it, in essence, that video had so many badass women in it, even if it was just for, you know, whatever the heck their screen time was, I think is pretty irrelevant if you ask me. Like, I remember, and I know that you don't like the song. What, Nice but, For What? Oh, how do you read my mind, Ricardo? Well, how do you read just, my no, mind? No, I
1: was just thinking about it because I remember when Drake got, like, backlash for the video because I think they said he didn't have enough dark-skinned black women Which or, is, <clears throat> you
0: know. You had Issa. You know, and of course you had like the badass Tracy Ellis Ross, you had uh the girl from Grownish and Blackish, I keep forgetting what her name is. You
1: had um I can't remember I hate that I forget her name, but uh she played um uh, Sister, the smart one in Black Who's Panther. Sister? Oh yeah, yeah, Black yeah, Pat- yeah, The, the yeah, really smart sister, exactly the scientist. Yes, yes. Yeah. She was in the video.
0: I I remember, and I think I took a video of myself because it was my reaction was that ridiculous when I first watched that music video. When I was working retail, and like we like the the store was dead, and we turned it on, and I watched it, I cried so hard because there's just so i i sobbed i literally sobbed. empowering is not even the word there's just something so fucking cool about seeing like women of color doing their thing and being unapologetic about it whether it's you know uh women that are actresses or in writer's room like the majority of uh, actually the women that you think about it in the nice for what were a lot of that or if it's in the "WAP" video you know if the cardi b and meg the stallion remind you that you can be a hilarious you know, sexually liberated woman and that does it for you, then good for you. I think also, like, another thing about that video that people are concerned about is, like, the influence on young women when they watch this. And it's not like this is the first, first raunchy music video that your kids watch. And it's certainly not gonna be the last. So I don't know why you pick this to be the all's hell's coming loose for your young teenage daughter and now you have to extra protect her and extra, like, shield her eyes from, you know, the devil's work.
1: I mean, I think with that, I can kind of understand just Mm -hmm. because I think kids sometimes don't have a firm grasp. You know, kids are very, uh, they can be subjective. They're, They're swayed very easily. So I think maybe showing them that video might not be the smartest thing to well, do. Well, no,
0: you're not going to go out of your way to show it no, to them. No, I but know, you're but, not...
1: but even if you see them watching it, yeah. maybe letting them know, like, hey, this. Cause not, and not just that video, but I think yeah. if you're watching, like, you know, Any. a very violent, you know, rap video showing off guns, I think, you know, you probably have to step in as a parent and be like, hey, I don't think you really understand what this is about. And to understand that, hey, they're kind of just creating like an image this is just for fun kids don't really understand that you know and I think I think one of the best examples was uh, was Lupe when he did Bitch Bad Mm -hmm. when he was talking about there was a a rap scheme when he was talking about a girl becoming very um, watching video you know girl girl the music video the the video vixens that they would call back then and you know thinking that that's all a guy wanted to see Mm -hmm. you know that girl grows up and you know now she's you know this very beautiful person but she is very it's very surface level you know she thinks she has to be the certain way to please you know men yeah so there is there is i think there is some validity when it comes to like making sure that your kids aren't influenced in a bad way but yeah regardless of the fact you're not going to stop them from watching if they're going to watch it they're going to watch it but i don't think we should be completely ignorant to the fact that if you're a parent and you know that your kid is very susceptible to certain things maybe you should step in you know
0: I think that uh, when it comes to... I mean, I, he, I don't know. And you don't know, Ricardo. We don't have children. Like, we're not going to stay here and we're going to pretend like we're parenting experts, nah, you guys. I got brothers.
1: Like, I mean, I got brothers, you know. I, I mean, did, and I, I did, have sisters, right?
0: And I think about them literally all the time, what this world is growing into, and the media they're being exposed to and different things like that. And my uh, my sister, Gabby, she's nine years old, right? And I think about her... In regards to if she knows who Cardi B is, you know... If uh, would I be okay with uh, you know that you know what I think about I think about that uh, scene I don't know if you've seen this if you I think about that scene in Mean Girls where uh, the mom is coming home to the mom and the older sisters coming home to the little sister and she's uh, uh, dancing to the my milkshake brings all the boys to the yarn music video and like I'll be straight up with you I don't want that to be my sister I don't want to come home and see Gabby doing that shit but and so Honestly, like I'm not gonna steer her towards those videos, and I'm gonna obviously explain to her, just like the idea of sex in general, that this is something that older people they have a choice to do mm-hmm. when they come of age. Uh, and
1: that, but event- as a
0: child, you had, I, I don't no, know. No, and
1: well, yeah, you're experience. on, you were on the right path. That yeah. you, sh- you should tell her, like, hey, eventually you'll come to that point in your life where you can well, make you a, make you can make a choice. If you wanna, if you wanna dance like that, go ahead. If you don't want to, that's fine, too. If you want
0: to dance like that and get a law degree, go a fucking head, miss. I'll be proud of you as I'll get out.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think, like I said, I think it's just all about, it's all about a balance. I know know it's very cliche to say, but it's all all about really balancing just certain, because like, I'll take me for example. I love ignorant stuff. I was exposed to stuff I should have never been exposed to at like nine years old. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about what I was supposed to, but you could probably guess what I was looking at, you know. Just... We're in
0: the trust tree, Ricardo. You can no, tell I'm us not... anything. There's
1: some things I cannot talk about. <laughs>
0: this is the in-living Spanglish family, Ricardo. Though. Uh, let it all out. Maybe off, off
1: air, off uh, the record. Okay. But, like, there were some things. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I had people around me to let me know that, hey, this is not what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to be educated and, and you know, and science and math and history you know that stuff is cool too and you know me being the little young nerdy mexican boy that i was being attracted to you know history uh, you know poetry to an extent you know as i got gotten older I've, I've appreciated writing and like uh, reading you know even though i don't really read as much as i wish i would um uh, i started getting into that more and more but i never lost that that ignorance out of me like when it came to like the stuff that you know it's always, like, not always in the back of my mind, but it's just stuff that I just grew up with. And it just became normalized to me. But as, I, as I'm as i older, I think about it. I'm like, man, I don't think I could ever imagine my little brother. He's 12 now. But I don't think I could ever imagine him. At... get
0: into the kind of uh, Yeah I mean, so th- ish that the, you got into. The stuff that
1: I got into, I'm like, ugh. I was doing some pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, okay,
1: I'll, I'll say one. When I was, like, seven, my cousin showed me these playing cards. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just regular poker cards, and but they weren't normal because on each one of them they had, they had a naked lady. <laughs> uh, I love the...
0: how you say that. So they had a naked lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's> good
1: to... <laughs> I'm going back to I'm going back to me being seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they had this they had this bra that was completely uh-huh. it was uh, completely in the news. Yeah, she was completely a bucket naked. Yeah, you yeah. know, as we say. <laughs> uh, and I remember looking at the card
0: uh-huh.
1: and seeing how fake her boob was. And like, but not even knowing at the time, and then seeing how hairy she was down there, Uh and for me being a kid just looking at that, I'm like, "Huh, that's that's cool." And like, I remember just looking at it, like, just very interested, you know? Uh Because at at that age, you don't, you can't comprehend.
0: It's a a very mystifying, yeah. It's a a very, yeah. Especially
1: seeing like a grown voluptuous woman, yeah, like something like that. Where like for me nowadays, that just completely turns me into like caveman when I see a woman that's shaped. Mm -hmm. very well and that's beautiful and like all types of way that that completely like just short circuits my brain i Mm -hmm. can't think but Mm -hmm. seeing that as a kid i'm like you know just very intrigued like man what is this like i can't understand and it's totally and then it was all downhill from that
0: Mm -hmm. i gotcha i gotcha and you know what you're very i don't think that you're very much alone in that at all um i know that um uh, heck even as little kids you know my my brother is uh, my brother and my little cousins they used to they had similar stories where they were used to uh, maybe I'm like I'm sharing way too much of my family history here but they used to find my grandfather's old magazines like in the closet and stuff and they were young they were like six seven five years old uh, you know just like you and that was like an exposure like once you discover it then you start searching it out because again like the whole mysticism thing and i mean i, I and I, I think about that too because i think about the things that and maybe not me cuz i'll be honest like i was very i was very much a sheltered kid i didn't i didn't heck i didn't really know my own body parts until i was like way older than i should have been you know but that's my own story and um but i know for a lot of kids they they picked up on a lot of this stuff early. And so when we have younger brothers and sisters, we think we look at them and we think, Do you do you know what do you know what a penis looks like?
1: Yeah, I mean my little brother will sometimes throw out a question and i just yeah. look at, and I'll just look at him and be like
0: What do you know, I'm Broski? Like, no,
1: usually it'll just be me like, You'll find out one day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: like, or like, if I'm really brave and I feel like he can handle it, I'll be like, just, just Google it. It's yeah. so,
0: it's so funny because we, like, on one hand, like being the older sibling, and also, and I think that this comes also like when, when you're an older sibling, especially like you almost become like a second parent, right? And I have so many times where I look at my siblings and I want to protect their innocence in a way, which is almost. I don't ever know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing because, you know, me knowing as much as I did when I found out about it, like, that that's part of what made me who I am. And I also, I've seen... Because I've had friends like you and I've had other guy friends that have told me the stories that told me the nitty gritty of like finding, you know, playboys when they were four and that sort of thing of knowing what the opposite sex is and knowing what sex is really, really early and what that did to them and what that affected, how that affected them into the long run. But I also know of stories like mine where I didn't really know. Of sex or my own body parts until like way, way, way later and how that sort of stunted me sexually when I did come of age and how I had to learn everything that I quote unquote was supposed to know in my early 20s that most people had already learned when they were like 16, 17 years old, you know? So is it better to learn too early or to sort of protect their innocence until a little too late. You know, that's sort of the game that I like have to debate in my head when it comes to like having younger siblings.
1: Uh, I feel like when they find out, they find out. Mm. I think I'm more, I think I'm more on, on that scenario because.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to flip out when Gabby starts asking me questions. So, you know, I think that I want to be as honest with her as possible without getting into the details, you know? Yeah.
1: Cause that's for one, I don't think I would want to expose my brothers, my kids and stuff like that early on. But I'm glad that I was to an extent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because,
1: you know, like you said, I I think I did learn about some things. But even then, stuff like that, that that didn't show you what it's really about. Like, stuff like that is so superficial. Like, I'm glad that for me viewing stuff like porn or, you know, whatever it may be, I'm glad, and this is just for me, I'm fortunate to be strong minded enough to not let that become a reality for me, so what I'm trying to say is that I never let what I saw in porn or magazines, whatever have you, whatever kind of medium. I never let that become reality for me. I mm-hmm. never expected women to be that. Mm-hmm. I never expected my sex game to be that. Mm-hmm. like you know, did I definitely take some pointers by watching guys doing? oh yeah, oh yeah, I mental no, I, I remember making notes. In high school, <laughs> how your boy's about to be tearing, <laughs> like tearing that game up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. I'm glad that I was strong, willing, uh, strong mind enough to like never let that become reality for me, and like view women as well. Aren't you supposed to do this now? Or, or if you don't look, if you don't, if you're not freshly shaven down there, we can't do anything, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, like I'm, I'm glad for me at Man, least. Man,
0: fuck that. I but, mean, yeah. but a lot of guys think that you know uh-huh. it, it's a, uh,
1: it's really messed up because you know guys view certain depiction of women, depiction of sex, and that quickly becomes what they, their yeah, it becomes their expectation, and then you know, and then you know from there you can get into like misogyny, you get into and, like, sexism. That's a whole
0: different like we're only like an hour-ish long podcast, folks. Yeah. So you know,
1: how do we even talk about this? I
0: don't even. Oh, because oh yeah, because so, the
1: WAP video, kids WAP protect. WAP. WAP. See. Yeah, the web video kids protecting them, and then now this. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, I think we kind of covered the yeah, uh, yeah. the holy, the unholy circle of uh, <laughs> this. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, the holy this- circle of debauchery has been touched on. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, uh, see, <laughs> but um. Okay, well, another thing, in, uh, another thing that I recently saw on Twitter, which is that uh, AMC just recently came out with an announcement that they're going to reopen, I believe, on August twentieth with fifteen cent movie tickets. So, I guess the question now is is are you willing to risk your life in the middle of a pandemic to see, you know, live action Mulan for fifteen cents?
1: Are they showing new movies?
0: That I was trying to di- I was trying to dig and figure it out. But you know what? I wouldn't think that they would just because there's not gonna be a whole lot of new movies in production right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean either either the non production or a lot of them have already been sent to video on demand.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I know that there are probably also, I mean AMC more than likely right now is trying to recover from that whole uh, debacle they had with the uh, the video on demand. Mm-hmm. And Universal, they, yeah,
1: they, they said they weren't gonna watch, they weren't gonna show any more Universal movies because when they were releasing Trolls, the mm-hmm. movie World Tour, I think it was the second one, um, they wanted exclusive rights to show it at AMC's theaters and then put on video on demand. But Universal is about the money, so they were like, Nah, screw y'all, we will put on video on demand. And then AMC is like, well, we're never going to show Universal, you know, movies ever again which when you think about it like they're not gonna do that and and then months come later and yeah they come to an agreement where they're gonna show universal so it was was all cap like they were they were never gonna do that like it's too much money to pass up to not show universal really one of the biggest movie movie studio studios in the world
0: that's a ballsy move there to even pretend that you're going to do something like that because uh, again like all the deals that are tied up between video on demand and all the movies that are non not in production this, this is just a bad look for them overall because for like woke Twitter basically it just makes them look really really negligent to what's going on with coronavirus y todo eso because now what like you're just going to uh, you're just basically bribing people with really really cheap ass tickets to come here and potentially get a disease in the middle of, of the pandemic because I believe in Texas I was uh, I read this article that they said that in Texas some of the most uh, high risk activities that you can do right now are going to the movies going to the gym uh going to a concert and something else but like those were the top three right
1: yeah i mean i think it's very bad however if i can catch like uh, what's what's the earliest movie usually usually open like 11
0: a matinee like yeah L- around 11 11 yeah. 30
1: so let me let me catch an 11 a.m show
0: on a sunday
1: on a sunday yes all by myself in that theater sitting up at the top row and maybe I'll think about it and make sure it's a new movie, too, because I don't want to watch anything old. Yeah, exactly. So, I'll, and I'll, under
0: I'll, those criteria, I mean, like, it's good for us as consumers. And I'll, and I'll but show you, up in a
1: hazmat suit. And there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. There you it. go.
0: Fuck yeah. There you go. Problem solved, you guys. That's it. Sorry about you, AMC. You're not going to make any money that way, but, you know, at least we'll get our new movie. So Mm -hmm. that's how you got to play the game sometimes. I think that it's time for us to move over to our Good Looking Out segment. There are two shows that I uh, really delved into this week. Well, one's a show, one's a movie, and both are on Netflix. One is one that initially I procrastinated on watching on because I was convinced that I wasn't going to like it. Just by the title alone, I thought that it was going to be very kitschy and very, uh, it was going to make me grit my teeth. Uh, hashtag black AF. And this is a show by made by Kenya Harris, which is the producer guy of Blackish. Uh, Black-ish. Yeah, 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 exactly. And of Grown-ish, Grownish and all of those. And I was actually very surprised because once I hit play and I actually started watching it, I realized that it gave me very much the feel of get this the office, parks, and recreation, Brooklyn 99, but for elitist black. cosby like cosby show like families and it was hilarious i laughed so freaking much they touched on subjects that i think about all the time all the time and people just never talk about Because basically, it's like an entire documentary style TV show about Kenya Harris and his fictional wife, Rashida Jones, and their six children, right? And they do a very documentary style. They go through their life, and like hilarity ensues. And they have one episode where he has a gig, like critiquing a certain movie, right, in Hollywood. And he's supposed to give his honest opinion about it. But the movie itself, it's supposed to be a very quote unquote woke movie with like all black casting and uh, a black director, and all that. But the problem is, is that he thinks it sucks, you know, and he doesn't like it. And he's and he and his daughter now have to go through this thing of like, well, are we gonna give them our honest opinion? Because and everyone around them, everyone in their theater, and everyone in their circle thinks it's fantastic. It's like this awesome, this that and the other. It was just a sucky ass movie, and they didn't enjoy it. It's like, do we tell the truth, or do we, or or do we become those people that? are uh, putting down our own race when we're supposed to be trying to uplift them even though the film is not the quality that we expect and I loved that conversation it was hilarious the ending I'm not going to give it away but all of the episodes were entirely like that so it gave you the view of an elitist black family in Hollywood and everything that they have to go through in regards to their own version of intersectional privilege, and uh, it just—it was really entertaining, and it was really fucking funny to me.
1: Huh? I was—I th- thought it was a sketch comedy. I didn't realize it was a uh, like a very uh, docu. I, I didn't realize it was yeah. like a very Parks and Recs, uh, yeah. you know, office kind of format.
0: It took me by surprise too. I had no idea what I was getting into when I finally just gave up and I said, uh, and I just pressed play. But I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to check it out. It's one of those like you know that just don't really call my attention right away
0: uh-huh. I didn't me either like for real and I don't know what pulled me to, to watch it but I'm glad I did but the second one that I watched uh, was not a TV show it was actually a movie so uh, this one was it was called Uncorked the director and the screenplay was written by uh, Prentice Penny which is uh, actually the showrunner for Insecure and so I follow him on Twitter so uh, he's been promoting this one for a couple of months now like crazy and it's basically the story. Of this of this young man who works with his dad in this barbecue business, uh, but he has a really really deep interest about wine, right? And he thinks that wine is super fascinating. He wants to go and study to be a sommelier, uh, which is like this professional like wine recommender and wine taster, or whatever. And he has to go through the entire class, and of course, like his dad doesn't always support him, and like just it's it, it's a drama. The acting from the lead actor, um, I, I'm gonna butcher his name, but his character's name was Elijah, and the actor's name was Mamudu athi I I feel horrible, but like that's uh, that's his best job as I'm gonna do. But he was fantastic, and I think my favorite part of it, and I'm not gonna give it away, was the ending because the ending made everything. It really sealed the deal as far as really making the movie as lifelike as possible. You know, it's not going to give you uh, the ending that you expect just because you want everything to be tied up with like bows and rainbows and everything like that. It was just a really honest telling of a man who has an interest and goes all out for it. And things don't always turn out like you expect Uh, uncorked.
1: Uncork and that has yeah the wine. yeah I yeah, yeah. It. okay what's it what's what? it on? Uh, it's
0: uh both are on Netflix. They're
1: both on so Uncork's yeah. on mm-hmm. Netflix too. Yeah, so huh. definitely check, that okay. one, out. Definitely check that one out. Okay, yeah, the premise sounds good. I just have a problem with like wine connoisseur uh-huh. in general. Because I think? In my opinion, the whole wine tasting, wine meeting, it's like putting glitter on pretentiousness. What do you mean? I just think it's probably some. It's probably some of the most pretentious. Well, yeah. I mean, don't get life. me
0: wrong. Like, I don't get it either. I like. Yeah. I can't tell. I can't taste the difference between good whiskey, bad whiskey, good wine, white wine. I think it's all
1: bull. Cra- I think I, it's all bull crap.
0: Hey, you know.
1: But I like the, like story. the story. I like the story the about the story. Somebody-
0: is great. You know, whether or not you and I yeah, believe yeah. that, like, wine tasting is an actual thing, you know, it's all like my, Or maybe my it's just because, hey, like, let's be real. It's our Mexican palates of years of being doused in hot sauce. We can't taste anything beyond like a two-degree range. taste is cool. Of taste.
1: Wine's cool, but you ain't finna tell me that a uh, that a Malbec from Argentina is you know good because you ain't about blah, to tell Ricardo though that
0: it can't beat a uh, bag of flaming hot Cheetos, bro. Yeah,
1: you're not, it,
0: it just no, ain't never, gonna happen. Yeah. Or just
1: water, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> or just me drinking yeah. water. I I I'll drink water over I wine every day. I got you. I got you. But really, you know, like story my, wise, that's, that's my story hot take.
0: wise. It's cool, and you guys should check it out. But uh, yeah, so what's your good looking out for this week, Ricardo? So
1: uh-huh. mine. It's just one thing that's been on my mind for the past week. Actually, I've been watching the show now for probably the past three weeks, but this is the first time I'm actually talking about it. It's uh, I'm finally watching Twin Peaks. Yes. Um, I haven't
0: yet, but I, from what you've been saying.
1: So when I was texting you, telling you about why I can see... So this show is like, for people who don't know, has always been revered at like pretty much influencing modern TV to what it is now. And I can see that for sure. Does it go as crazy as this show does? A lot of modern TV? Some do. Some don't. Um, but to, like, break it down, there's so much mo- there's so much nuances and so much acting. Even, like, yeah, even down to the acting. Like, I can see these characters in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I can see them in Soprano. Like, the way that some people carry themselves in the show and just how things are just accepted as normal, even though they're, like insane when you think about it. It's just very fascinating. And when you watch season one, you get that quirkiness of it being very surreal. Because this this is by David Lynch, for for people who don't know. If you're not familiar with David Lynch, he did Blue Velvet. He did uh, his version of Dune. He did um, Lost Highway. He's always been a very surrealist person like when it mixing comes to the magic, movie and,
0: realism. magic
1: and realism? It, it's not really magic. It's more just things happen but you're not understanding uh, why like they're a happening.
0: Zone
1: sort of yeah, thing, in so. yeah, in a way, yeah, and it just kind of not that it makes sense because season 2 there's parts of it that just do not make sense, you know? And I'm over here like wrapping my brain trying to like get through it where I'm like, why do I feel like I'm still missing like a like a force of the plot? Season 1 was more straightforward cuz it's it's a, it's a mystery detective show overall. If you, you want like a basic overview of it, it's a, it's a detective trying to solve a murder case mystery show, right? But if you think about, go, if you think about it going into that, that way, it's anything but. Now, season one sticks more to that script, but you know you still have the zaniness, the very surreal, the very off-the-wall uh, ness that you expect from a David Lynch project. Number two just goes, season two just goes all out. Like you know, if you don't know what's going on by this point, you're not gonna get it. But like I said, I'm halfway through season two. There's 22 episodes, I think. I'm on. I think I'm on episode 11. Uh, I love it. I can see. Like I said, I, I saw. I see the influence. I see why it's regarded as like one of the best television shows ever. And there's only two seasons. It was only two seasons. and then a, and then a, and then actually like a feature length movie that came out. The movie was panned when it originally came out in '92. But I heard that since then people actually like it. Uh, so, great show. It, I think it came out in ni- 1990, and I think it ran from '90 90 to '91. So, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on Netflix.
0: Twin Peaks, the movie, the, the movie or the TV show?
1: Uh, okay. the TV show. The movie, I don't think it's on. It's on Netflix. No, I'm gonna have to catch that somewhere else. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. There's there's just so much going on that. If you can see my face right now, I'm just looking up and I'm like
0: You're thinking about right moments
1: now. in that, thinking about moments in that show and being like, why, why,
0: did she do it, did he do it, and then well, I guess it's up to us to find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that about uh, wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. I am, again, your host, Pero Fuerte. And that was my homie, Ricardo Mexicano. Uh, and as per usual, this has been In Living Spanglish. Uh, not, uh, I-, I don't know, I'm still working on like a catchy phrase. So until then, a uh, catchy out phrase. So until then, we outcha. Peace.
1: Yup, yes. yep, yup, yup mm